Can you say the letter C? live boy i got a freaking badass one today pennsylvania's most notorious rifle slash spotlight queen i got <laughs> rachel bujdak but first let me run through who makes this podcast go we got grizzly coolers they make coolers big enough to throw rachel in which well actually that's not that good of a marketing ploy because rachel's not that big they make coolers big enough to put an elk and rachel in i have a 400 um it would easily handle um rachel a dog plus a whole quartered out bull um i use the drifter 20 a lot the grip cup wcb's the code check them out um i've got a uh, i think it's a 15 or a 20 hard um, that's coming. I'm pretty stoked about that. Throwing it in the combine on the tractor. Um, I think Austin runs that one. So pretty stoked to get my hands on that one. Um, yeah, just pumped to have them on great coolers, great bunch of guys, uh, located right over there in Iowa. So black Ovis, uh, WCB 10 is the code there. You guys have heard me talk about them. You see me wear the stuff. Um, pretty much self-explanatory. If you're not a black Ovis member, go become one. Buy stuff, earn points, use the points to redeem, and you can buy more stuff and not spend as much money. Again, WCB10 is the code. I know um, everybody knows I use a lot of their stuff. I've been using a lot of their stuff. I think Rachel and Andy use some of their stuff. I know right now they've got some really kick-ass deals on um, Sitka and Crispy. Crispy's got new boots out right now. Um, I finally can showcase the altitudes that I tested and did some stuff with last year. I'm now able to showcase that. Those are badass if you're in the market for a lightweight early to maybe mid-season boot. Not insulated, um, but just a super athletic boot. Um, man, I can't wait to go kick mule deer and elk's ass with those boots. Yeah, it'd be a great boot for that. Um, yeah, check those out. Those are the altitudes. They've got a couple others. Go on their Instagram or their website. I know, like I said, Black Ovis has some stuff going on right now with Crispy um, as well as Sitka. With that being said, Hunter's Box Club, don't forget to check my boy, well, actually I should say my dude, Devin out over there, Hunter's Box Club, I'm stoked to partner up with those guys, I know they've got a really sweet box coming out this month, so if you haven't become a member yet with them, check them out, and also last but certainly not least, the homies over at Novix, whether you need platform steps, sticks, stands, or just want to drink a bunch of beer with a bunch of cool dudes, Novik's the place to be. Um, I ran all their hang and hunt stuff this year, killed uh, the giant eight out of it. Um, did a hang and hunt that day in like negative 22 degree weather. So they're quiet, um, they're comfy. Worked for me in the cold and the snow. It's light enough to where even Rachel's little ass could pack them around. So. That should tell you something. In fact, I think Rachel or Andy run some Novik stuff, if I'm not mistaken. So We do. I was going to say, it's light enough even Biddy Boosh can do See, it. See, <laughs> even Biddy Boosh. There she is. There it is. You know, and I mean, Andy's not a super huge human either. So if those two are able to, you know, I mean, there you go. That's all you need to really know right there. Biddy Boosh approved. 
Go get you a Novix hanging hunt setup. Get four minis, get four longs, hell, mix and match. I mean, I don't really care what you do. Just pick up some Novix stuff and you'll be happy and you'll say, Clint, damn, you're not as dumb as you look. Anyways, with that being said, I'm going to turn the mic over to the notorious B.I.G. herself, the straight killer, who's a for sure thriller, the spotlight queen from Pennsylvania herself, the only woman I know that somehow shoots four bucks in the great state of Pennsylvania and doesn't get caught. Rachel Boostack, everybody. Come on. You're giving a, giving a, bad, a bad impression of me already. Oh, hell. <laughs> Everyone knows they don't follow rules and regulations in Pennsylvania. No yeah. one does it, so why should you? <laughs> oh, God. Rachel, how the hell are you doing? It's been a minute. I mean, we talk a lot, but it's been a while since I've, I've heard your beautiful voice on a podcast. I'll be not going to lie. I'm kind of sad Andy's not here. Everyone knows I have a big crush on Andy. That would be Rachel's husband. Um, I kind of like to think of Rachel as kind of like the third wheel, the side piece. I'm more of, you know, Andy's flavor. But, hey, he lives with Rachel. I live here in Ohio with the boys. So, therefore, that's just kind of how we got to work it right now. But don't be fooled. Andy and I are pretty much the one and two, and Rachel's the third. But it's fine. You, you're a good third wheel. I've pretty much come to terms with the fact he's going to leave me for you. And, I mean, you know, I am the better-looking one of this Mm, debatable. Uh, you got you got more land, and you live in Ohio, so <laughs> well, I don't blame him. I mean, you're probably going to leave Andy for Doug at some point, anyway. I mean, the mustache pretty much has. <laughs> Have t- you seen him lately? <laughs> oh, like he looks like Doug. I I know. I mean, <laughs> everyone needs to go. Did you post a picture of that? I don't think I have. I sent it to the Snapchat group. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, Andy definitely does sort of look like Doug now, which is very ironic. But anyways, without further ado, we just have Rachel. There's no Andy today. But, well, let's – let's. I, I got to start with the turkey right off the rip because it is turkey season. Yeah, you just smashed a good one. Give me a quick rundown. I know you were had some close calls. I know you've been out with the bow. I know, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, you said you could have smacked this one with a bow, correct, if you had it? I could have. Yeah, I actually didn't take my bow out at all this year. It was opening day. I got that bird. Our season didn't open until April 30th. Oh, gotcha. Um, I must have got confused so, when you said you could have killed it with a bow. I thought I, you had already been out a couple times with your bow. My mistake. Yeah, no, I. Uh, but I could have. Yeah, he was really close. Um, Damn. I know. So actually, opening day, I went out with my brother in the morning. Oh, nice! And we heard some birds off the roost, but they shut up like before daylight, and couldn't figure out why. And then pretty soon, we see two guys walking out of that area. So uh, I think nice. they kind of messed it up. And so my brother went in. He's like, uh, "Screw this! I'm going to go work out." And I'm, I mean, neither of us are huge turkey hunters. It's more like just something to do. Um, in the spring, you know, it's been a long winter, excited to just be in the woods. So, um, I ran up, you know, got some gas station breakfast and went back out. Nice. The gas station, gas station breakfast. You had to, you had to, uh, you had to pedal extra on the bike after that. Oh yeah. Yep. Had to earn my breakfast. Had to earn my breakfast. That's awesome. For those you who know, don't, for those who don't know, later. Rachel's been what? on a. I said for those who don't know, Rachel is on a big. What do you even call it? A, a, a basement cycling kick. I mean, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Like, uh, 
after talking to you and, and, you know, seeing like, it, it looks like a pretty badass deal. I'm not going to lie. Like I kind of want one. Um, I hate to jog. Um, I love to hike and I don't mind like a Stairmaster, but like, I just, I, I don't know, just running, jogging. I just get so bored. I just can't get into it. Like I could hike all day, but like you tell me I got to go jog for 30 minutes and I want to like fucking break my legs off and beat myself with them. But the bike, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of intrigued. And after listening to you and talk about it, I kind of sort of, I'm kind of digging that thing. I kind of want one, I think. So I got a funny story about the bike. It's so it's it's not a Peloton. It's like a Peloton, but it's just a cheaper brand. Oh, it's just not forty six thousand fucking dollars yeah. like a Peloton is, which is astronomical. But I could buy an apartment for that. And honestly, like I like the features better. And not that I want to spend all this time talking about a bike, but um, I've you know just trying to get rid of some winter weight and get in shape for our elk hunt this fall. I was going to say the I used it ties run. right in. Ties right into oh, what we're yeah. going to talk about as far as elk hunting and stuff because, I mean, let's be honest. You got to be in decent or hopefully good shape to go chase bugling bulls yeah. around or at least if you want to enjoy yourself and not be on the verge of a fucking heart attack every five minutes. Well, that's the thing. You don't have to be in top shape, but no. like, if you want to enjoy your hunt, exactly. you want to be miserable suffering, especially right. me. Like I, My legs are like two feet long and I'm trying to keep up with, you know, full-grown <laughs> men, so... Two feet long. But, <laughs> I mean, you're probably this, not far off from being accurate there, but I mean, it's just funny. Oh, that. I know. <laughs> the, well, the bike is funny because I uh, I've been riding it, and you can you can do like classes, but I really right. like just doing like the scenic rides. Yep. And there's one where you can do a scenic ride through like the Canadian Rockies, and so I'm riding through the Canadian Rockies, and I see this giant bull like in the middle of the road. Oh fuck! And I. I was yelling for Andy so that he would come, like, check it out. And I'm yelling, elk, elk, from the basement. <laughs> and he thinks I'm yelling, help, help. Oh, my God. He thinks you're in <laughs> he trouble. flying down the stairs, like, what's wrong? And I'm like, let's take out. <laughs> Maiden in distress. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, normally I'll turn on an episode of WCB and ride an hour on the bike, and it's just a killer workout. No, it, it really is. I mean... Yeah, I mean, and everyone tries to find, like, I love to go to the gym and, you know, but I mean, it's just tough, like, right now between work and farming and the kids and writing and the podcast, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, like, it's a fucking struggle to get to the gym a couple days a week just because when I'm, I mean, it just, I got to go at night and it's like after I get all that done, even when I do go, I mean, it's just tough. Like it's just hard because you're just you're just dead. I mean, like you're trying yeah. to trying to pump yourself up, but like my thought is to get one of those and like ride in the morning, even if I do thirty minutes then thirty minutes at night, like whatever. But yeah, you do a solid thirty to an hour on that damn thing. I mean, you're freaking. I've rode some, and I mm-hmm. mean, it's a workout. I mean, you are burning freaking calories. There's no doubt, yeah. but. Yep, I'll burn usually 600 calories an hour. I usually do it at 4.30 in the morning because I sit at a desk all day for work, and by the time my day's over, like, everything's right. just tight, and it hurts, oh, yeah. and I don't feel like working out. And I mean, yeah, like, you, we live out in the country. It's like a long drive to the gym, so it's just easier to go down the basement, no excuses, get your workout in, you know? Absolutely. So. I'm not. I, anyway, I, have, I was gonna say I have, um, I have no idea how we just got on a fucking I know. <laughs> a, a bike bike kick, <laughs> back but to the turkey. <laughs> yeah, back anyway. Yeah. Um, 
so no, I I went back out and you know now it's like ten thirty in the morning. Oh, perfect time! Per- my favorite time. Up. Yeah, I mean it's finally warm. It was a real cold morning. It was finally warming up, and that sun hit me, and I just wanted to close my eyes and <laughs> take a little nap. I was. I was about to nap. I hear gobble way off in the distance. So I'm like, oh, better do some calling. And um, he gobbled one more time, and I could tell he was, you know, he'd cut the distance yeah. about halfway. So I'm like, he's coming. Oh, shit. And next thing I know, I mean, he's at 20 yards and came right to the decoy and game over. So, I mean, he wasn't a giant bird or anything. but And you know what's funny is I say, like, I don't really care about turkey hunting, but I was kind of bummed to punch my tag first day because I'm like, well, now what? Like, I want to be out in the woods, you know? Right, right. So, but it actually was cool because the week before that, we have a youth mentored hunt. Right. And my niece is uh, 10 years old. That and was awesome. Andy and I, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I was pumped when it I saw was, the photo. Oh, uh, it was the best hunt of my life. And again, like, don't really care about turkeys, but to see a 10 year old girl her excitement and just how proud she was and she did so good. I mean, that time it was like 34 degrees out, you know, we had no cover yet. Nothing's green, you know, no blind. Right. And she sat so still. I mean, Andy, Andy sat behind us like 20 yards calling and I kind of coached her through it. And I mean, it was a good half hour of him working those birds. Um, Four Jakes came in and, you know, she was just so patient and she made a perfect shot. And I mean, her excitement like tops any hunt I've ever had on my own. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's mm-hmm. tough to beat when you can watch somebody else, especially like someone, you know, like a kid or someone that's never hunted or, you know, just their first experience, mm-hmm. first time. Yeah, it's, it's freaking, it's hard to beat that. I mean, that's, that's definitely tough to beat. I mean, you know, like, and and even like full grown men, but just their first experience. Like last year when Devin and I got to be with Kurt and I got to literally watch Kurt kill that mule deer in Wyoming. I mean that until my kids, um, till Easton and Keaton start, you know, killing stuff. I mean, I don't really know if I'll have one that probably tops that. You know what I mean? Like just yep. watching him struggle and ride the struggle bus for a couple of days and, and just – everything's kicking his ass up there and you know it, it, it was just yeah i mean it, it's gonna take yeah i i don't really know if me killing anything could ever top that i'm actually just putting the finishing touches on that story for a feature article in peterson's bow hunting on uh uh hunt for papa dave and um Oh man, like it, it's, yeah, I get, that's uh, gonna be good. yeah, I got fucking goosebumps just talking about it, you know, but, yeah. but going back to that, watching somebody else, you know, that it, emotion and excitement now, oh, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing better, but yeah, I was super pumped whenever you sent me that photo, um, of your niece and she's 10 and probably taller than you and bigger feet and weighs more than you and whatnot. So, she which is, is pretty already, funny. She's 10. She's already taller than me. <laughs> I, wear a, I wear a size five suit. She wears a seven uh, and a half. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, I can't even give her my hand-me-downs anymore. <laughs> that's funny. Do you want these shoes? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Aunt Rachel. Uh, I can't really fucking wear them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. She um, thinks it's hilarious. I mean, it is pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. It's really it's funny to hear, like, Andy talk about it, too. Uh, I just gave her my first bow. Oh, so nice. Hell yeah. She's going to get into shooting a bow and, you know, hopefully someday we'll get her in our tree deer. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool that the fire's kind of lit now. That turkey freaking probably just set the world on fire for her, so that's that's badass. I'm hoping to... Mm -hmm. uh, I got a couple days left where I can get Easton out and hopefully... uh, Hopefully see if I can't uh, work that same magic. But he just turned six, so he's got plenty of time. But, man, I, I'm like, oh, God, I'm chomping at the freaking bit for him to freaking kill a bird or kill a kill a deer this year. Like, oh, man, I can't freaking wait. Like, I'm, I'm a thousand times more excited, I think, than he is. But <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. It is cool to see them just hiking around the woods with you. And, like, oh, just, yeah. you can tell they're passionate about it. For and sure. That- you know you can't force them to like it and it's just so exciting to see that they have that passion yeah no absolutely yeah you definitely can't force it i mean that's that's when you ruin somebody or especially kids yeah you start forcing stuff on them that's that's no good but Mm -hmm. no that's awesome well congrats on the bird i was stoked to see you uh I guess i I didn't realize it was opening day but fuck opening day success didn't waste any time now you got mushrooms you can look for and you can help guide your husband to one, I guess. That's pretty much where you're left now. That's the plan. Um, <laughs> yeah, I should have, I mean, I should have took my bow, but I literally just swapped out my sight, moved my pee. Like I'm messing around with everything and yep. I just wasn't dialed in, so I didn't take it. Doing some, uh, doing some tinkering, getting ready for, uh, you, yeah. sh- you should draw an elk tag this year, shouldn't uh, we're getting over the counter tags in Colorado. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. So that leads right, right into where I wanted to go with this, right? That's, uh, Ooh, over the counter, high country, <laughs> high country unit or planes or, I mean, I don't, don't, don't give away your unit, but just like some high, like high country stuff, dark timber, or are you guys hunting some desert or. No, we're going to be, we're not super high country. We're going to be, oh, I think around eight, 9,000 feet. Oh yeah. You're still going to be in some dark. Mm-hmm. T- yeah. That's, that's still mm-hmm. dark, dark timber, high country shit. It's it's kind of a good mix. It's like yeah. edge of some dark timber, the unit we're going in and yeah, well, I'm pretty excited about it. We're going, it's just me and Andy and our two dads. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, what's... and actually this is going to be the first year, you know, we went out hunting 2000. 18 i think no 2019 2019 was my first year elk hunting in montana and i thought it would be like a once in a lifetime trip you know it's right like, it's a lot of money it's a lot of oh, yeah. time and, but i just fell in love and yep. we've been back every year since so i've been to montana three years in a row 19 20 21 and then this year we're gonna go to colorado and all three years we went to montana we went you know, public land, yep. uh, general tag. And this year in Colorado, we're actually going on private land with a guide, um, which I've, I've never hunted with a guide. I never thought I would. I, I don't have anything against it. I just, right. Oh, you know, for, sure. for sure. And I really like that, like do it yourself, like rewarding yeah. feeling yep. and learning and being control your own hunt. But um, it kind of fell in our lap. We, you know, it was a mutual friend. We got a good deal on it. And it was kind of one of those things where, you know, speaking of Papa Dave, like you just see, you know, how important it is to kind of have those oh, yeah. experiences with your dad. And yep. we wanted to have a special trip to us and our dads. You know, my father-in-law is 68. My dad's 60. Um, you know, it'll be nice for them to have, you know, better accommodations and, um, you know, be able to sleep in a real bed at night and, so it's kind of, I think this will kind of be a once in a lifetime hunt for us right? in that sense. Cause most of the time we are going to want to do it more on the cheap end and, you know, do it ourselves. But. 
No, for sure. Well, that that like that kind of leads right in. You know, I mean, you're pretty well rounded when it comes to you know woodsmanship skills and knowing just flat out, for lack of a better term, what the fuck you're doing in the whitetail woods. I mean, you're no stranger. I mean, you get it done pretty much every year on a good buck or better. I mean, you've killed a couple couple freaking slammers, which would be slammers for anywhere, but absolute super slammers for PA because you guys right next door to us here in Ohio, I mean, you guys just don't have the amount of 140, 150 plus bucks like what we've got. So, you know, it's been pretty impressive to get to know you and become good friends with you and Andy and see what you guys have been able to kill. And especially you, because you, it's funny, you and Andy, like you guys love each other, but it's almost kind of like a competition in hunting season. Like most people (laughs) would probably think, Oh yeah, she kills these big bucks. Andy's freaking help. Like, I mean, not that Andy won't help you, but like you pretty much do your own thing and that's how you like it. Andy does his own thing and that's how he likes it. And like, you know, it's really cool to see someone like you, a woman in the industry that's like, hey, you know, I'm married, got a husband, he hunts, he knows what he's doing, but yeah, we just kind of do our own thing. Like, I kind of do my thing and he does his thing. And like, if you need help from each other, absolutely. Like, you're each other's biggest fans, but by no means is it like a, hey, I'm Rachel and I got Andy hanging my stands and Andy checking my cameras and Andy doing this and Andy, you know, I mean, like you love to do mm-hmm. that shit on your own and you were doing that on your own before Andy and were hardcore into it. So when you told me you were going to start elk hunting, I'm like, oh man, she's going to get ruined because <laughs> everyone tells me, you know, oh no, I'm only going to, I'm only going to go hunt out West one time, elk or mule deer, or antelope, and, and I'm just going to do it once. I'm like, uh huh. I said the same fucking thing. And I'm here. I am obsessed with Western big game bow hunting. And I knew when you guys went out there, I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to, they're going to fall in love with that. And I mean, it was funny cause I got to hear you like talk about your hunt right after it. You know, and I mean, I could just tell, like, the fire was lit. Like, you could just tell, like, you loved every aspect of it. And it's it's a fucking brutally tough hunt for an adult man, let alone a female who, like you've already stated, you're not very tall. And, and people probably laugh that we go back to that. But when you're walking through dark timber, when you're packing a bull out, when you're packing uh, a, a head and cape out and antlers, like... You are at a major, major, you've got to work twice as hard at everything you do out there compared to like me or Andy, twice as hard. Everything you step over, everything you climb, everything you do, like, so it's, re- it's been really cool to see you navigate from, cause you're still hardcore whitetails for sure. But like, you've got a fucking burning passion for elk, which it's, mm-hmm. which like, I love to see it. Cause I mean, everyone knows I, you know, love chasing freaking bulls and bucks out there. Um, mule deer and elk for sure are, that's pretty much overtaken my world for the last five, six, seven years. Um, but it's, I mean, it's tough. Like I said, for anybody, it's extra tough with your stature, the way you're built. And, and, and it's like, but that hasn't slowed you down. hasn't stopped you. Like, do you feel like that has made you more hungry for success? Like just, just break down, I guess, what makes you tick? Like, why have you navigated to, to elk hunting as far as like, that's like this 
fucking burning passion that you've got now. And it's, it's something new, you know, you've only been doing it a couple of years, but I can just tell, and people are going to be able to listen to whenever you talk about it. Like you've got a major passion for elk hunting, learning about it, figuring it out. You're, you know, you're working out because of it. Like what, what do you think has created that or what's caused it? I mean, cause you're, you're addicted to the grind for it. And I love to see it. it it's, it's awesome to see you so, stoked and so focused on you know this new style of bow hunting you know something you've never hunted in your whole entire life up until what 2018 was your first year hunting elk uh 20 yeah 2019 was my first year hunting elk 2019 um yep and yeah i mean i so i didn't even bow hunt like i've hunted my whole life right uh what 23 years now and uh, or more i don't know and uh I didn't bow hunt till 2014. So I've only been bow hunting eight years. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, 20, yeah, 19 was the first year we went out West. And I talked to you prior to that hunt yeah. and kind of picked your brain on some things. And I think it was really helpful just to set expectations. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going right. to, a, you know, public land and there's going to be a lot of pressure and just learning about, where elk live, how to find them, yep. how to call them, you know, even, or just how to pick a campsite. Yep. Like, I remember oh, calling yeah. you on the way out, like, hey, here's a couple ideas I had for campsites. Yep. Like, this is what I'm concerned about. Um, and so there's just so much to learn. And then you work all year long to prepare for one week hunt. Oh, yeah. And there's just, I don't know, the pressure. I like that, I think. Yep. And yep. Um, I don't know that it's, it's like self-inflicted pressure. Like yeah. I oh, want yeah. to succeed yep. and, but I love that. And it, it, that feels me like just all summer, you know, yep. putting on my pack and hiking or, you know, tinkering my bow and my arrow, you know, building arrows for elk. And, you know, I think once I had killed several nice bucks with my bow, like, and had that confidence, okay, I can, yep. I, I can shoot enough poundage and I can, you know, build an arrow that's going to take down an elk. And, um, once I got that confidence up, I'm like, I want to do this, you know, and I've never been out West. And so it was just such a cool experience the first year, but I was glad I had those expectations of like, I know success rates with a bow are like 10%. I know that I'm probably not going to kill one. And my goal that first year was to get one in bow range. Yep. And, we did, Andy and I hunted, it's funny because Andy and I never hunt together right. for whitetail, right. ever. And we hunted together the whole time for elk, obviously, you know, it's a lot easier calling and whatnot. And, um, we had three elk, three bulls in bow range that first year and just couldn't, couldn't get a shot off. I mean, wind switch, um, actually called another hunter in as I was at full draw. Nice. Um, you should have stuck yeah. his ass. I know. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm mean, just kidding. Like, no one turned me in for <laughs> fucking talking about murdering another hunter on the freaking podcast. I'm just joking. Um, but you know that that hooked me right there. Like, yeah. Just being on the ground, having a giant animal in bow range, and knowing like I went to this unit I've never been to before, and just by e scouting was able to yep. pick a spot on a map Figure and find out. an elk. Yep. And I'm like, I got to go again. I know if I go again, I can kill one. Yep. And the second year we went was actually for our honeymoon. 
And Andy and I, again, we went with, my dad didn't go that year. Uh, we went with his dad and one of our buddies and we drove out separate. So we drove straight through the night to get there and they were like eight hours behind us because they stayed overnight. And, uh, I killed, I, I remember talking to you on the way out, like, I know I'm going to kill a bull this year and I don't want to sound cocky because I've never killed a bull, but like I worked oh, so yeah, hard. You, yep. You were I hungry. Knew, you were fucking I had all starving these for picked it. Out. I had plan A through Z. I had, I just yep. knew. And I killed a bull the first morning we were there, like within an hour. I just couldn't believe it. Well, I remember, like, <laughs> I remember, uh, I, I think it was that trip. I could just tell I'm like. Yep, I'm like, she's dangerous this year because, <laughs> you know, I just made a post the other day and I talked about, you know, when, when someone's starving or they're hungry for success, they're, they're a fucking dangerous person. I mean, there's, there's people that are like, man, I really want to succeed. I really want to do this really well. But when you're fucking starving for it, when, when you are absolutely just enthralled in the moment and, and engulfed in the process and, and just so hungry that you're, you know, you can't take it anymore starving for success. I mean, that's a totally different animal. And I could tell going into that second year, I mean, you were so close the first year and that kind of lit the fire. And then it was just Mm -hmm. like, you know, Oh fuck. But I remember I was in Utah and I was grinding it out. Oh my God. I was on like, Oh fuck day. I think I was on day four or five of chasing that big bull around. So I was right in the middle because I killed him on day nine. I was right in the middle of that hunt. And, man, I was dragging. I mean, poof. Just, I mean, people and just moving camp and late night. I mean, I was just beating myself to death trying to figure that bull out and figure that herd out. And we were talking via our inreaches because I remember – I got an inreach message. Um, I can't remember if you had it or Andy, but I remember getting the message, big bull down, baby. And I, 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 that really, truly changed, I think, my demeanor for the rest of the trip because I was so fun. Like, I didn't have service and neither did you, but we were able to, you know, communicate via that. And uh, I just remember, you know, I remember getting that on my, my Garmin. It come through a text, you know, from you. And I was so freaking pumped. I couldn't freaking wait, you know, to see a picture of, you know, you behind this bull. Like I was just, because cause I, I knew though, you know, I mean, like I knew you were absolutely just fucking hungry as all get out, you know, yep. to, to find success. And I mean, it, it was, it was awesome to get, I'll never forget. Like I could still picture where I was standing on the side of the freaking mountain and what I was doing, what I was wearing when I got that. Like it's, that's like a moment etched in time, but, uh, yeah, I could just tell, you know, but I think though, a lot of your success, because for being fairly new to elk hunting, you and Andy have done very well as far as finding spots, picking spots, finding bulls, locating elk, just putting yourself in position. Cause that's the hardest part about elk hunting is just mm-hmm. finding elk. But you guys have done very well with that. And I think a lot of that reverts back to whitetails and elk are two totally different animals. But you guys have taken some of that whitetail knowledge and whitetail philosophies and then put it into play while during an elk hunt. 
um, or even during scouting, how you guys are breaking down topos, how you guys are breaking down maps. I think because you guys are very good at doing that with whitetails, it's transferred over. And even though it's a different animal, different habitats, totally different, you know, features, it's still the same process of breaking a hunt down and making plans. And you guys are very detailed on your whitetails, very detailed on food plots, very detailed on trail camera placement. It's very impressive to hear you talk, and I'm not trying to knock women in the industry, but there's very few that I talk to that when I'm carrying a conversation with them, I feel like I'm talking to Austin or I'm talking to Ross or I'm talking to, you know, it's me and Kurt talking. Like, I feel like I'm talking to someone that's, wow, you know, they fucking really got this dialed. Like, they know what the hell they're doing. Like, it's not someone telling them where stands are at or where cameras like. You know, you, you have a very, very dialed, detailed regimen and strategy for whitetails. And I think that has transpired over into your elk hunting. And I think that's really cool because living in Pennsylvania and traveling halfway, three-fourths way across the country and finding success and not even just punch tags, but just finding elk is freaking hard, really hard. I mean, it's hard for me every year and, you know... I've been doing the out west thing now for going on 10, 11 years. And it's still, I get my ass kicked more than I succeed. Um, but, you know, you guys have found success early, super early. And I think some of that transpires over. Would you, I mean, do you agree with that, you think? I mean, not, you know, not trying to say that that's the only reason why you guys have found success. But I do think that plays a part. And it's something that people who have never elk hunted, but they, have a pretty good handle on turkeys or whitetails or whatever. I think it's something that they can build some confidence off of. Like I get it. It's different species. It's a different animal lives in a different place, but the process of planning, the process of figuring out a piece of ground of trying to, you know, that whole process, I feel like you guys have taken what you know with whitetails, moved it over and it's worked out pretty freaking well for you and Andy. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, even to turkey hunting, like, yep. having that experience with something as simple as, like, just knowing how to use a mouth call. And, yep. yeah, it's a lot different for elk, but it shortened the learning curve. Right. But I think vice versa, too. Like, elk hunting has made me a better oh, white yeah. hunter. Yep, absolutely. And where we're at in Pennsylvania, we're in the northwest corner, and it's pretty flat here. We don't have a ton of topography changes. Right. Um, we've got a lot of, like, diverse um, properties that we hunt. Like, we've some are ag fields, some are swamps, some are um, just big timber, but we don't, there's really not a lot of terrain changes. Right. And so I haven't paid a ton of uh, attention to topo maps before I went elk hunting. And now it's like, okay, when I'm, when I'm hunting somewhere like Ohio, where there is a lot oh, yeah. more yep. terrain changes, yep. I think that elk hunting has helped me be a better whitetail hunter yep. too. So, I mean, it's full circle. Um, I think, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there because I just saw Andy pull in the driveway. Oh, that stud. <laughs> I would have lost my train of thought too. That, that I see the muffin. mustache when I get all. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes Doug. Wait. Oh, fuck. That's Andy. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely made me a better hunter all around. And, and I appreciate you saying that too because, you know, I think I've been hard on myself lately. I, in Pennsylvania, haven't killed a buck with my bow in a couple of seasons. And I mean, I've had opportunities, but I think – um, and, and I've killed bucks in other states with my bow, but like I've, I've had a cu tough couple of years in PA, just not getting opportunities on the buck I'm after. And well, that's what I was going to say is, I mean, just 
just to give kind of a foreword to this, you know, Rachel's not looking for a three-year-old or, uh, a, you know, a two-and-a-half or three-and-a-half-year-old 120-inch buck. I mean, you know, she could – you could kill those every year if you wanted to. I mean, mm-hmm. you're at the point in your career of bow hunting where you've killed, you know – I think right at or just a smidge over a 150. You've got some 140s. You know, you you have some bucks that are Pope and Young, 130. I mean, you've got a pretty impressive wall, especially for not being a bow hunter that long. Um, So, you know, just to kind of clear up the muddy water, like you could go kill what anybody else in the state of Pennsylvania would consider a great fucking deer every single year. But to you... You're always chasing the one, which you and I go back and forth on a lot because I'm always hunting a specific buck. And it seems like every year you are typically hunting a specific buck too. So we bounce ideas off each other a lot. And I feel like I know a lot of your deer, you know, a lot of mine because we both kind of play the same game, but in your state, it is definitely harder and more challenging. Um, You guys have a, a, you know, your bow season is wacky. It, it it goes in, comes out, comes in, goes out. Whereas our, you know, there's a lot more. Uh, what, what's the word I want to use? There are there's a higher success rate for a guy like me hunting one buck with my bow to kill in Ohio than there is Pennsylvania for numerous reasons. So, you know, don't shortchange yourself because I know you you are hard on yourself. You know, last few years, but I'm just trying to let let people kind of in on like. You're not just looking for a three and a half year old 120 inch deer. You know, you were chasing a buck that potentially would have been a booner for a year or two. Um, You know, one of those other old bucks, I forget what you called him, but he was a big eight or nine. He would have been a 135, 140 buck. I mean, you know, those are slobs anywhere, especially in Pennsylvania. And they're old mature bucks. And let's be honest, they're hard to come by anywhere. But in your guys' state, it is definitely harder to find that caliber of deer than say like, Austin and Ross over in Illinois and Iowa or, you know, me in Ohio or Joe over in Indiana. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, it's harder, you know? So, I mean, it just is, you know, but if you were just looking to go kill a legal buck or just a Pope and Young buck, you could do that every year, you know, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, for the most part, I mean, the one, uh, I think two years ago, I passed a 120 on opening day and I never had an opportunity at a a bigger buck than that. And, in archery, I should say. And so I kind of regretted it, but at the same time I didn't because it's like, it didn't get me excited and I'm not going to shoot something that doesn't excite me. And that's where like, I keep going back to what you always say is don't fucking settle. And if, if my heart's not racing, I'm not going to shoot it. I don't care what it is, you know? And Andy will yell at me sometimes because he always says age before beauty where (laughs) there's times where I've, I've passed up I passed up four and a half year olds. He's like, why would you pass up a four and a half year old in Pennsylvania? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't like him. You know, <laughs> he wasn't the one. <laughs> he wasn't the one. He wasn't pretty, Andy. Okay. Get off my balls. Well, you don't have balls. You have boobs. Get off my tits. Okay. I didn't like him. He wasn't pretty. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, I starting out as a gun hunter, Yep. I was kind of spoiled by killing a couple bigger bucks with my gun. And, um, you know, no denying that that isn't easier accomplish. It's easier to accomplish with a gun. And but when I started bow hunting, yep. um, you know, a 120 really didn't excite me that much. I mean, yes, it did, and I don't know. I, I definitely killed some 
um, in that like 110, 120 range with my bow when, you know, first starting out and everything. Um, and I was really proud of that, but I was a little bit more picky probably than I should have been. Like just, I probably should have just, you know, tried to get some repetitions under my belt, but it's like those bucks didn't excite me. And so I am, I am probably a little bit pickier, not because like I need to kill a big buck, but just because like, I always want to improve. I always want to shoot the best deer that is on our property. And I have a lot of time. That's the other thing is like, I don't like giving up my cat. Like I enjoy being in the woods. I wait all year for it. And if I held a buck opening day, I would be sad. Like, um, I mean, granted, I could go to other states, but PA is a one buck state, and I I want to get the most out of my tag. So I <laughs> I'm like you. I really like the late season. I la- like. I think, and I think we're we're alike in that way with Western hunting because it's like the physical challenge, the mental challenge, and the late season's the same way. Oh, it's yeah. cold. You've got to fight that urge to stay, stay in and by the fire or watch football you know, and drink to, beer. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, Which I, love, to I do. love being out there because, you know, PA is such a high pressure state, but oh, yeah. nobody else is out there in the no. late season. No. And when you get those, you know, single digit days oh, or yeah. something, high pressure. I mean, I've had some of my best hunts in January with a bow. It's yep. like, when, I love it. When when Doug texts the group and says the mustache is tingling and it's cold and there's high <laughs> pressure and you got a front moving through, it just it's time to go. You just got to saddle up. Now Andy's got his own mustache, so now you've got basically a built-in weather guy with that thing. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but, and it's funny because we like we hunt all the same properties, Andy and right. I do, but we generally have different target bucks. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Like we're not necessarily after the biggest one, like we have different tastes and like, I think that one's ugly and he loves it or something, you know? <laughs> so we do like, we do everything but hunt together. Like you said, we yep. scout together. We shoot oh, yeah. both together. Well, hang it, stands together. It's funny. Like this year but, in shed season, um, if I remember oh, correctly, no. you, you had COVID or was sick and Andy's out there just fucking scooping them. I mean, I think he found like eight or nine in one day or seven or something. And I didn't even know, I called the one day, called Rachel, was like, what's up? What are you doing? I'm like, how's Andy? Fuck Andy, he found six more sheds yesterday. I'm freaking sick. I can't go. And it, he's out there just scooping them up. And I'm down nine to one. And I'm like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I found one freaking shed and he's got nine. And I'm like, oh, damn. Well, then like 10 minutes later, he comes walking in the door. He's like. Yeah, Clint, this is what a breadwinner sounds like. This is what the <laughs> shed master sounds like. And like you could you're like you could just tell, you know, like you guys love to spend the outdoors together, but like there's certain things where like, oh, it's do or die. It's a competition. Like absolutely you want to kick his ass in the shed game count. And like absolutely he was living life knowing that he's like nine or ten freaking sheds ahead of you. So now every week I would, I'd ask, okay, who's in the lead? And then you started to catch up ground. And then when mm-hmm. I would hear Andy talk about it, I could hear like the, the confidence is shifting a little bit. Andy's getting pissy because <laughs> Rachel's catching up. And like, it's, it's funny because you guys do it all in good fun, but you guys competing with each other makes you both better because I know in the backyard when you're shooting bows, it's a freaking 
to the death competition, 100%. Like, I know when you're shed hunting, it's freaking, I got to find five because Andy found four. But but realistically, like, it's making you guys better, and you guys do it all in good fun. It's not like, you know, a shed's going to create a divorce, you know, situation or anything crazy. But it's just, it is, it's funny, you know, you guys do everything together, but when it comes to hunting, you know, lots of times I'll be like, well, where are you going tonight? I'm going over here and Andy's going to go to this other farm. You know, he's got his own whole different total set of plans. And, and mm-hmm. I just, I think that's cool though. You know, I mean, you, you guys both help each other, but yet Andy lets you do your thing and he's not trying to like lead you around like, Oh, let me show you. Let me tell you like, no, like you're like, Hey man, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to do my thing. Like, that's cool that you guys are like that, you know, or, or you don't expect him to do all this stuff for you or um basically like guide you to a deer you're like no man i got it like i'm good like i'll you know i'll call you if i yeah. i'll call you if my bow hook is too high in a tree and i need you to come get it out for me because like <laughs> it's it's too high i can't reach it like that's then you'd call andy <laughs> <laughs> yeah we i mean everything is a competition it, it really he is ended up winning it really he ended is. up winning the shed hunt this Did year he? i tr- i almost killed myself trying to go out and um, freezing temperatures. I remember that. When you were I sick. was so sick. Yeah, oh, I was really sick. But, um, but I mean, like you said, it is, we are also each other's biggest supporters. Right. And like, if, um, one year he killed a, a buck that I was after. And when he called and told me, I was so happy for, I mean, I was, I was the more excited than he was. Yeah. And just because I was like obsessed with this buck. And, I'm never, he was really you know, pretty. He was a really be, pretty buck. He was pretty. <laughs> he was super I, pretty. <laughs> he was pretty. But I'm never going to be, like, jealous. And same right. way, I mean, I feel bad for him sometimes because there were, like, four years in a row where I killed a bigger buck. So he gets a lot of hell for that. But, I mean, still, he's happy for me. Even with my bull, like, he hasn't killed a bull right. yet. And oh, he was stoked for you. For yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I remember talking to him on, when you guys were on the way back. And, oh, yeah, you could tell he was more happy for you than if he would have killed one for sure. But, no, that's that's really cool. So you, um, Same with this year, like, going out to Colorado. You know, yep. we're, I mean, we're going to give our dads first opportunity. Oh, you absolutely. Know? So yeah, you have to. Because, like you, you said, wanna, that might be a once-in-a-lifetime hunt. Yeah, yeah, you want to see them get it. I mean, my dad killed some good bulls, but um, with a gun. So, yep. you know, I want to see him get a good one with his bow. And, you know, my father-in-law, same thing. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So you guys got that. So you got elk hunt, and then that'll lead right into basically your guys' whitetail season. Now, did you guys – you guys usually lease some ground in Ohio. Did you pick up another – you guys got another lease? You're going to be in Ohio again in PA or just one buck tag this year? <laughs> Um, we're going to hunt Ohio. We don't have a lease. We dropped ours. Um, right. And we haven't found anything else. But, I mean, we've got permission on a couple of small places. We've got some public nearby in Ohio that we can get to pretty quickly. Um, so we're still going to hunt Ohio. And then I think we might be going out to Illinois this year. Oh, shit. Invading, yeah. <laughs> invading Kurtland. Yeah, we got permission, uh, actually not too far from Kurt. So I think when we're out for the shoot, we're going to do some scouting. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be freaking, mm-hmm. that'd, that'd be killer. That'd be killer. Now, yeah. is, is Andy able to go? Hopefully. Um, we're not using as much vacation for our elk hunt this year. So yeah. he's saving some time to go out to Illinois. 
Oh, that's awesome. And that's the thing, too, is, like, once you start elk hunting and you're using all your vacation to go out west, you've got to be more efficient back home. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's another reason, like, you know, I I still put a lot of time in, but, um, you know, we've got a, what, six-week archery season, no Sundays, so it's still pretty limited on, you know, your opportunities to get it done back here. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, you've got a... This is where I think, like I said, you guys living in PA and having, you know, being such, being so proficient at planning and having good plans because, you know, here in Ohio, my season starts the last Saturday of September and goes through the first Sunday in February. The bow season never goes out. Never. I love your, I know, I love your never. seasons and then no rifles. Right. Like, I wish PA right. would do that. Whereas, like, you guys, like, you guys, you know, you, you come in, then you're out for a while, then you're back in. And it's like, you know, it's a very different game. It's a very different animal. Um, you've got to be dialed. If you're going to kill in the first five or six weeks of that PA season, which I've, I've killed, um, I've killed three PA bucks, two on public, one on private. And, and they've all been during November. Um, they've all been in the rut. Um, With a spotlight from the truck. Yes. Drinking beer. Yes. Yeah. Well, I wasn't actually <laughs> drinking it. I had it sat down. It was in the cup holder in a koozie, staying cold. <laughs> whenever I pulled out the Remington 700 BDL and fucking let her. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing better than cracking a good. 100 inch PA buck while he's blinded by the spotlight with a little bit of Shenandoah, two dozen roses blaring on the fucking radio. If you are an American, you've done that at least once or twice in your life. And if you haven't done it at least once or twice in your life, honestly, I don't think we can be fucking friends. Once again, I'm kidding. I've never done that before someone fucking cancels me out and calls the podcast police and turns me in. That was a joke. Just fucking kidding. Yeah, there's enough people in PA that actually do that that people might think you're serious. So you do have to clarify. We well, are I mean, I, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm friends with some it's of them. Sad. Uh, two years ago, I mean, that that big one you mentioned that was yeah. probably a booner that I I spent a few years chasing. Yeah, you were um, you were pretty much uh, you were pretty much married to that buck. I think you oh. spent three times what more thinking about that buck than Andy possibly ever will get thought about. And and, and that's no knock to Andy because he's a beautiful man. I love Andy. I'm just saying that buck was all I heard about for probably the better part of two, two and a half years. I mean, yeah. we could be talking about well, a crayon that Easton had in his hand and somehow it got turned to the buck. <laughs> well, and, and that's, I don't know what happened to him. I never found right. his sheds. No, I mean, you would think if someone would have killed him legally, you would have heard about it. Oh, one hundred percent. You're going to hear giant. about that. I mean, that would have shook the state of Pennsylvania up. But that was the same year that these kids got busted shooting deer with a spotlight at night. They found like twenty-two different dead bucks, yep. like in our area. And it's, I'm sure. I mean, maybe that's not what happened to him, but yeah. I mean, that I kind of have a suspicion because you know he lived right near our road, yep. and oh, yeah. he was very visible. What did you call that buck? Start with a G. Triceratops. Triceratops. No, Triceratops. Tri- yeah. Triceratops. See, I was thinking it was like mm-hmm. 
So I, I was thinking it was something else, but uh, yep, Triceratops. Oh, that's uh, right. The other one you might have been thinking of, we called Cyclops. Cyclops. It has a third that's movie. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, yeah. Triceratops. Yep, yep. I know that's right. That's yeah. right. But yeah, that buck, I got him confused. One was Ohio. One was yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm conf- I was spun around. Yeah. Cyclops you know, Rachel's got Ohio. so many fucking booners running around <laughs> in every state she's in. I lose track of what's what and who's who oh. and what bucks Andy's, what bucks Rachel's, and you know, I get confused, but. Yeah, no, that that uh, that does bring up, a, you know, you brought up a really good point, though, as far as those points turning back from elk, you know, to whitetails and, and whitetails to elk. And like I said, it's it's just it's really cool. You know, elk hunting's fucking hard. I mean, it's bottom line and it's it's been really fun to see you fall in love with that and, and just be super hungry for it because it is it's I mean, it's tough for me at a buck 80 you know, uh, usually in pretty damn good shape for those hunts. Um, usually the best shape of, you know, the whole year for me is right before I start muley and elk hunting, you know, five ten, five eleven. Like, I mean, I've got a lot of advantages over you, uh, when it comes to the physical aspect of those hunts. And I feel like you love them, look forward to them, work hard towards them just as much, if not more than I do. Um, and you know, going into it, like it's, it's a, I mean, it's a suck fest for me, um, but some of that stuff is a, a suck fest times two for you. You know, going through like falling down dark timber, for example, people don't think about this, but it's a total pain in the ass for me to lift my legs up another extra foot to get over fallen timber and sneak through dark timber. <laughs> I mean, you damn near need a fucking step ladder to go through that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like no, the amount funny. of. Andy gets mad following me because yeah. I'll go under it. Right. <laughs> and then he can't. You know, so I'll pick the path where I can go under. Right. And then he can't go under and he's trying to climb He's trying over to go over. Like, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> and Well, that's the thing. And a lot of people, you know, and then like, like I said, you know, a lot of people, they just don't, they don't relate how something like being a man versus a woman on some of these hunts, what the obstacles are, the different obstacles or how stuff can be so much harder. I mean, and that's a, that's a case where, you know it's a disadvantage to you, like going through dark timber, sneaking through dark timber. You've got to either climb, literally climb over, not step over, climb over or climb under stuff. Um, shit's charcoal, shit's black, shit's dirty. Like I would hate to see what you look like after going through some, <laughs> uh, a burn or some dark timber. I mean, the amount yeah. of extra energy and calories that you're burning to do something that I can do in half the effort doesn't sound like a lot but you stretch that over seven eight days there's not a lot of people let alone females that want to go fucking do that i mean that's just the brutal reality that's just the honest truth you know so kudos to you it's well, uh and, and it's, honestly it's the awesome to see side it of it, the physical side of it really wasn't as hard i mean yes it is because i'm short but it's like i i think like conditioning wise i used to do a ton of running right so, like right i was in pretty good shape but i needed to like build up my strength more than anything you know my legs were so tired but um really the physical side i don't think was as big of an obstacle as um like shoot it like the shooting aspect so yeah being able to like build a heavier arrow yep. and stretch your yardage out fist, like figure out like what's the maximum yardage where I've yep. got enough kinetic energy to kill a bull yep. and how do I maximize that? But then I also want to like in the summer, what I'm doing this year is building two different arrows so yep. that in the summer I've got a lighter arrow so that I can shoot a hundred yards because my elk arrow, 
I max out at about 70 yards or else my fletching then starts to hit my uh, bottom of my sight housing. So, but I want to practice further so that I'm more confident, you know, at half the distance basically. And, but like tinkering with my equipment, I think was the biggest challenge. And then, um, like gear too, like packs. Like I can't just go to the store and buy a pack and try one on. They don't have them around here. I have to order one and like hope that it, works out and and so and that's tough because like i actually i mean you were a big help in like talking about gear and everything like that and and strategies and whatnot but still like there's not really any other like women for me like that have done the same thing that are that i can really reach out to and run that by so like my first year i had gear that I just really wasn't that comfortable in you know but you just you got to learn and improve each time no absolutely like I said it's 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 been really awesome to see you grow not just you know as an elk hunter but just bow hunter in general I mean you know you haven't been doing it that long and it's it's been awesome to just see you know how into it you are I mean anytime we talk about arrows or bows you're always bouncing ideas well what if I do this and I, and I, and I, I, I build these arrows this way and what's this going to do? You know, I mean, you are constantly tinkering and trying to figure out best case scenario for, for your equipment, for your setup, you know, um, just truly a student of the game and just someone that's constantly trying to be more proficient, figure out how to be better, you know, and that's why success has followed. I mean, your resume for the little amount of bow hunting, honestly, that you've really done as far as years, because you haven't really been a bow hunter that long, it's pretty freaking impressive. And quite honestly, I mean, you know, there's probably a lot of people that wouldn't even believe you because they'd be like, oh, no way. Like, she's not doing this shit on her own. Like, someone's spoon feeding her this shit. And it's like, you know, I mean, I'm a good friend to you and Andy. Like, I'm vouching. Like, you know, I mean, you're the real deal when it comes to, you know, a, a woman in the industry that's out there doing it the right way and learning and wanting to do things. Hey, you know, if I need help, I got my husband, but realistically, I want to learn how to do it. I want to know how to do it. You know, I want to figure it out. You jump into elk hunting, you know, it's just, it's just cool to see that. It's, it's, you don't see that every day. Um, hell, even in, even in men, you know, there's a lot of men that don't want to, they want to cheat the process. They don't want to, you know, grind and scratch and claw and figure it out. You know, they want to just immediately jump from A to Z and go from I've never done it to I know everything there is to know and I'm out here finding success, you know. So it's it's just been really cool to see you dive into Western hunting and, and now it's, you know, it's a whole nother fire lit. And, uh, you know, even if you do kill most of your PA bucks with a bush light in your hand and a spotlight in the other i mean hey i still i still think you're badass so you know there it is well it's funny i still get that a lot even just last week someone said to andy like hey did rachel really kill that turkey by herself like yes i killed the turkey by myself like i mean it it's irritating i I know i shouldn't care but it's irritating because it's like if i was a man they wouldn't say that but it's like you know people and part of it too, like motivates me even more because oh, yeah. it's yeah. like, yeah, the fuck I can, you know. Yeah, the and, fuck I can. <laughs> hey, fuck all. Hey, watch this. Yeah, <laughs> hold my beer. <laughs> hold my beer and my spotlight. Let me get the rifle. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Well, I can see the Pennsylvania Game Commission having fun I don't with this know. one. <laughs> the warden's at my house again. <laughs> well, tell him to come no. on over. 
When I say again, I had the wardens of my house this fall because I intentionally shot a wounded buck and called it in, and they were really nice about it. So that's the only time the wardens have been my house. Yes, kudos, kudos to them. They were cool about that, and kudos to you for for taking out a wounded buck that realistically wasn't wasn't a deer you wanted to shoot. But that was that was a cool story, and that was once again just a test to you know you as an outdoorsman and, and a sportswoman in the industry, and and you know like I said, um. Super proud of you as far as what you've accomplished as a hunter and a bow hunter, but more proud to call you and your hot husband, Andy, uh, two really good friends of mine, and was stoked to have you on. And I know a uh, little sneak peek. I think you're uh, – I'm not going to say which series, but I'm pretty sure you guys are going to be on a series next week via the WCB. I'm not going to say which one, or but just a little, little mm-hmm. heads up. You guys are going to well, see and hear a little of uh, Andy and Rachel next week, I think, too. Andy and his mustache will be making Holy a video. Holy shit! Yeah. I can I can already see Doug being jealous right now. Fuck! <laughs> this is oh man. And then especially after you know his tag season didn't go real well, so now he got this other dude over here that's with his woman that's got a mustache. Basically, Andy is pissing in Doug's scrape, saying. <laughs> <laughs> bitch please you're not going to do anything about it i mean that's that's honestly like that's what's taking place here andy is is literally yep. right in doug's bedroom pissing in a scrape snort wheezed <laughs> at him and he's waiting on he's, he's waiting on doug to react I, I don't know i don't know how this pans out i mean this stay tuned part two of this podcast series with with rachel we're gonna have to maybe get andy and doug on and, and it's almost gonna kind of be like um oh what the hell was that crazy Back when I was a kid, what was that crazy show where uh, the guy would bring on like four baby daddies and then a mom and then it was like, you know, we got to dissect who's really the dad and who was banging who and gosh, what the hell was it? It was like, uh, gosh darn it, help me out, Rachel. I'm drawing a blank. It was like, it was, it was a guy, it was a huge show and it was, it was always um, about, it was always these crazy you know, oh my God! This, like Jerry Springer. Yes, yes, Jerry Springer type <laughs> shit. I'm gonna be him. We're gonna have on Rachel. We're gonna have on you're not Doug. The father. We're you're not the father. Damn it! See, and it, instead of not the father, it's gonna be sorry to either Doug or to Andy. You're not the fucking dominant buck. And that's it's gonna yeah. be now. Mind you. Now I got to ask this before we sign off: Is the dominant buck always going to be the prettiest buck, or is that could, because no. what if one's the dominant buck but one's the pretty buck? Then what the fuck are you doing now? Then what? Ah, uh, uh, I, oh, I don't know. Yeah, you're fucking stumped on that one. See, I got you thinking now. I don't. I just have a lot of questions. Like, what do they? I mean, yeah. what are they really looking for? Pretty, <laughs> pretty isn't always. I'm not always going for the pretty box. Sometimes I'm going for the box with a bunch of junk. You know? Oh Jesus! <laughs> Jesus, we better cut this fucking episode off. Holy hell! Jiminy Christmas! All right, I'm gonna let Rachel close it out. You guys know what to do. She's gonna close this out. Rachel, thanks for coming on. Love having you on. Love that. Uh, like I said, love. That We've been able to, uh, Jesus, you got me all fucked up now by your, your Love statement. You too, of, uh, yeah, yeah, let's just close it out with that. Love you too. Rachel's going to close it Don't out. Don't fucking settle. Don't fucking settle. Don't always just pick the pretty buck. Sometimes you want to pick the nasty, gnarly, junk filled buck with junk in his trunk and whatever the fuck she said. I don't know. We're getting off here. We went way down a rabbit hole, but that's what we do. To everybody out there listening, 
I love you, and let's see. I don't want to give away any names or anybody, but I got some kick-ass episodes coming down the pipe. Stay tuned. I'm going to give a few little sneaks on uh, who's coming up to bat in the next few weeks. A couple guests that have never been on the WCB series or mine, so that's going to be freaking kick-ass. Anyways, stay tuned. Thanks again. Appreciate you guys. Rachel, love you. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Love you. Can you say the letter C? CNC Hunt Files.